This is the All Time Misfits Podcast. Hello and welcome to the All Time Misfit Podcast where you have yours truly, little B at Brunelli Sports and Chris, a.k.a. Hater at Supercharge 33. It's us, us two this week. Uh, Tyler couldn't make it. He's out car shopping. So uh, we're going to bring the best to you without our third member. Uh, so thank you for joining us. Let's get right into it. We got the Pulse. And with the, starting with the Pulse, we have Dan Campbell has been hired as the Lions' new head coach. Um, I thought this was a little bit of a reach of a head coach position. It's nothing against Dan Campbell. I mean, he's been an assistant head coach under Sean Payton for the last couple of years and uh, been the tight end coach for the Saints as well. He's a good coach. I mean, if you remember him from the Miami Dolphins uh, hard knock series years back with uh, Joe Philbin as a head coach where Chad Ochocinco got cut, he was one of the big coaches, you know, side coaches that was getting a lot of attention. Um, I thought the Lions could do better. I mean, as a Packer fan, I like this. They're going to completely gut the program, so the Lions are not going to be anywhere, anywhere, anything, anytime soon. He did get a six-year contract, so they are committing to him, which – I like that you're going to commit to a coach that long. Definitely, if you're going to gut the program like they're going to do in Detroit. Before we move on to why we're saying they're gutting it, I would like to get Chris's thoughts on Dan Campbell as the head coach for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, just the Lions kind of moved it up, down again. Did they hire him, by the way? I. Believe they did. Yeah, they did because it's the big news that both the GM and the head coach knew about Matthew Stafford. But uh, let me look up who the GM is. Well, I uh, Brad, Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes. Brad Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about this. Matt, I don't think Matt Handle. Hmm. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. Matt Handle firing and hiring. <laughs> Oh, don't follow him for no more. Um, I don't know. He, he can be a Christian coach. He was a tight end coach. A lot of Saints fans saying he, he's a great, a great coach. And it's just higher. I don't know how to feel about this. But, you know, like, the Lions are doing what the Lions do and what I'm saying. But, hey, let's fix the contract and commit it to building yeah, one thing that does need to be talked about, Dan Campbell does have a head coaching record. He was the interim head coach in 2015 for the Miami Dolphins after after they fired Joe Philbin. And, yeah. he, and he was actually coached 13 games that season as the head coach. And he was 5-7 and seven with that Miami Dolphins team back in 2015, which is pretty impressive in itself. Yeah, and clearly that team was really not that good. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, he is also a player, so he does have that. He was a player from 99 to 2009, and he played for the Giants, the Cowboys, the Lions, and the Saints. So he was in the Detroit building for two years, three years, 2006, 2008. So, I mean, he's been a tight ends coach, the interim head coach. This, and, I mean, he's learned under Sean Payton for the last four years. I mean, that, I mean, if there's not a great coach to learn from, I mean, that's probably one of the best ones in the business. Right, and, and uh, honestly, the – the front three Yes. So, I mean, this is this could be a good hire. I, like I said, I, we both said it. I think the big thing is that 
they gave him the six-year contract. They're giving him time to build this program, this team to be something. What I think one of my favorite things was his press conference where he's talking about what kind of team he's going to build. Did you see that, Chris? I didn't see the press conference. What did he say? Oh, he goes into talking about that when you punch us in the face and we get knocked down, we're gonna come out and take a knee out. We're gonna take a bite out of your knee. Then we're gonna get back up and you're. That's gonna right. That's you. right. And we're gonna come back up and we're gonna take out the other knee and then you're gonna knock us down and we're gonna come back and take another piece out of you. Oh, so there's a whole nine football that. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to build he's trying to bring the black and blue to back to the black and blue division in the yeah. NFC North. So uh, now going on to the big thing in Detroit, he knew, and so did Brad Holmes taking over this head coaching and uh, general manager that Matthew Stafford will not be part of the future of this team. The Detroit Lions are now looking to trade Matthew Stafford, which is pretty big news, and that is massive news because he's easily the best quarterback on the market now. I mean – this was a week. I mean, this is a really good free agency besides the quarterback position, which is normal. But now you have a Matthew Stafford on the market. I can tell you right now, Chris, if I'm the Los Angeles Rams, if I'm the Washington Redskins, I am making the phone call right now and offering my first round draft pick for Matthew Stafford. What do you think? I mean, well, if you're the Lions, what you take, what, what you want from Matthew Stafford? And what's the value of this guy? Obviously, you no, know, he's not. He's not old and he's not young. He's more in the middle. And, but he's also taking a meeting over his career. So, didn't get, what, like one to three years with him? He is, hold on, he is 32. So, you got to think with Matthew Stafford. He, oh, okay. He's 32 in February. Or he's going to be 33 in February. So, you got to think with how quarterbacks play. And the only issue with Matthew Stafford, he has been hurt a lot. He plays through a lot but, of injuries. But he he is hurt a lot. I would think you at least have two to four years with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, so you know, I'm trying to and maybe the quarterback and offer which which in camp, but it is a land and offer you know it's not it's not a lot. Yeah. It's it's the depth and you want and it's not a Oh, then get somebody right away. You can. I mean, the reason I brought up the uh, the Redskins and the Rams because the Detroit Lions did mention they want a first round draft pick, which I completely agree. Matthew Stafford is a first round draft pick type of quarterback, and Sam Bradford got traded twice, and both times was for a first round draft pick. And we can both admit that Matthew Stafford's ten times the quarterback than Sam Bradford. Right. So, but the Jets do have two picks in this draft. And one is the early one at number three or two, two at number two. And then they have one from the Washington, or I'm sorry, the Phil, uh, Seattle Seahawks for the Jamal Adams trade. So they do have a later round draft pick in the 20s. So they're another team that could be on the phone call, like haters saying here, and try to bring in Matthew Stafford. But I think Sam Darnold is enough. And I think they could build a future with him. And they think I think they should use all those draft picks on more key positions than another quarterback. Um, but I like I said, I think my favorite two spots, definitely my favorite spots, the Los Angeles Rams. I said it early in the season uh to uh 
some of our old hosts on Twitter, Alexis and uh, I'm sorry, James uh, Ellenberger, uh, talking about that they should make a trade for Matthew Stafford months ago. So I think if I'm the Rams, I'm making the phone call right now, giving up that first round draft pick. And if they want golf, you'd send golf with it. But if not, then you just cut golf and you move on with your ways. Or maybe you could find a team that might want golf in return. Yeah, I mean, I could, it could be a three-way trade. You don't see it often in the NBA, NFL, but, I mean, that's tough, definitely something that could happen that you could look at a three-way trade like that where uh, the Rams get Stafford, Goff goes to the Redskins, maybe the Redskins get something in return or they send something to the Rams for a late pick or whatever. But it's something that is possible, and it's going to be interesting to see in the – future weeks and that's something we're gonna have to wait till the new nfl season starts which is usually in the month of march so i mean they could definitely i don't even know if they're allowed to make phone calls during this time yeah, I, I don't think so i think that is uh a, a bunch of the yeah so going on to move into haters team here the los angeles chargers hired Brandon Staley, the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator. Hater, you wanted a def- uh, defensive coach, and you got it. What do you think about Brandon Staley? No. My children, they love to uh, surprise me. Uh, no, what? Brandon Staley comes from a good defensive coordinator. They have Justin Hilder and, and by the way, they brought in Bill and Bowden in the OC and he's going to install the same system, which I think Justin Hilder will be amazing under Bill and Bowden. Uh, but knowing that, Brandon Staley, he, he is a fire and kind of guy. He's not like a solid, Robert Solid, but he's a fire and kind of guy. He's going to bring stability to the defense with his battling black in it. And I'm hoping that we know that is important and as soon as possible. Yeah, you have a 3-4 team, and you've been running a 4-3. Right. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, I don't know. I didn't know if you know about this, but I didn't. You know Staley was a quarterback at Dayton for two years? I did not know this. Yeah, he was 16, and he had a 16-5 and record as the starting quarterback at Dayton. Huh. No, actually, that makes sense running at Dayton when you're a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he's been the Chicago Bears outside linebacking coach the Denver Broncos outside linebacking coach, the Rams defensive coordinator. I mean, he's only been a coordinator for one year. I know Hader, uh, while me and him were talking offline, he did mention that he hated that he was only a one-year coordinator. And then I brought up that Matthew, or Matt LaFleur was only a one-year coordinator too. So. Right. I mean, he was a one-year coordinator and his defense was another one. So I didn't really No, you can't. I'm excited to see this team. 
I mean, he's definitely worked with some great players and he has some great players to work with in the Chargers. I mean, you know, going to the Bears, I believe he might have had Khalil Mack one year. He had Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. He's had Aaron Donald. I mean, the dude's had top elite, play, you know, defensive players. since he's been- I just, I just know where he was with the land. I really don't think that outside of the um, uh, what's his name? The number one corner in the league. Oh, Jari Alexander? Oh, yeah, well, Clinton corner in the league. Um, outside of him, they really didn't have him. I mean, the talent was there, but uh, it's not superstar talent. Outside. Donald I'm Ramsey. The, I'm the second dude in the You're talking about J- Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, uh, that the other guy, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. But they really have that little talent except outside Jalen Ramsey. But so I'm hoping that he's gonna be really good. You know who's gonna like him? Who's that? I just thought about this. Chris Harris is gonna love playing for Brandon Staley if he plays with him in. Denver. Denver, yeah, he has he has familiar. I mean, he was the linebacking coach there, but he she he should have some kind of relationship yeah. with with him. But uh, yeah, moving on to the next big news. I don't know if it's been official yet. I mean, it's been talked about a hundred times by everybody out there. You know, Drew Brees' wife, every you know insider of the NFL has said that Drew Brees is going to hang it up after this season, even though it has never been official. But I think it's safe enough to say that Drew Brees is retiring at the end of the year or is retiring. And the big thing is, and I don't even think this is a question, but it has to be asked, is Drew Brees a first-time ballot Hall of Famer? Yeah. And how fast Hater said that, that's how fast the decision should be made when the Hall of Fame gets to him. I don't even have to think about this. No blame. Yeah, I mean, speaking of... Yeah, so it's going to be the same amount for him. I want to look it up while we're talking about it because I mentioned it in the All-Time Misfit pod or All-Time Misfit uh, chat we have on Twitter that Brett Favre was actually a faster decision to get into the Hall of Fame. I mean, is it really... Is it really... You didn't have the ring, but no, you home held Evan Tassin that there is. I'm retired. It's not them on no fault that, you know, he really didn't have the best talent. Yeah, very much so. I'm trying, I'm like trying to figure out how the best way to say this so I can find it. How the get Brett Favre. I think Brett Favre was like eight seconds. He, yeah, I want to say it was like eight. It, it was quick. It, the cast, it didn't even take, here it is. Brett Favre's Hall of Fame case didn't even last 10 seconds. So it was a little faster than Drew uh, Peyton Manning. I, like, let me just say this. Actually, I'm going to save it to our buy-sell section just for you. I'm going to I'm gonna add a last-second buy-sell for you there, Chris, for today. Uh, yeah, we're going to move on to your boy, Philip Rivers. And I'm just going to go ahead and hand this over to Phil, uh, our San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers fan on the podcast. Chris, take it away with Phillip Rivers. Oh, Phillip Rivers, that's not quite that. 
I I must know this way in person like seven times. I want to say. And I'm going to in my top five celebrations moments. Number five. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Celebrations versus Jake Hatler. Celebrations spinning that Jake Hatler off the sidelines. And they, they hated each other. What a rivalry that was for 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, uh, uh, the Thursday night football game was in 2013 when he comes back out on NFL prime time and he's playing the ball well. <laughs> what an outfit and what a statement he made. <laughs> Uh, his comeback against the Bengals. Um, actually, I'm going to put them both together. His comeback against 21 points, the Chargers were down, and he let the Chargers all the way back to the Bengals. But they didn't come back in 25 years of the Chargers at the time. And then, he came back and beat the 49ers in 2014 after the Super Bowl run. And he outdoed all the happening in that game. Number two, his overtime blow to Darren Foles and the Wild Hurt game when he upset the Indianapolis Colts after they went to the Super Bowl that year, uh, the year before. Number one, playing the AFC Championship game with the uh, Right after the fourth infield. This is no credit for being an Iron Man, by the way. Everyone wants to talk about Brett Martin. Don't let us never miss the game. But he never beat Iron Man Favre's record. Oh, I know. And that's okay. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. It's a little trivia for you. There's a, and this is gonna be a buy sell question. I could, you know what? I'm I'm gonna add two buy sells for you at the last second here. So we'll go ahead. Do you have anything else to say about your boy uh, Philip Rivers before we move on? Uh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, Philip Rivers is an amazing quarterback. It hates to see it at the end. Out of all the quarterbacks, I wanted to three retire this year. He was probably the lowest on the list. I was more wanting, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Big Ben. The go, not I wouldn't mind seeing Philip just stick around one more year, but unfortunately he's hanging it up. He's gonna probably uh, go to Monday Night Football. He is the out the wild card spot for ESPN to bring in to be on the Monday Night Football crew. They have been looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're saying that ESPN is terrible. Yeah, well, it's not as bad as the previous years, but yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! So MLB, we're let's talk about some baseball here. We haven't talked about it in some while, but finally, 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 some news is happening. Some free agency is moving on, and baseball is right around the corner. And speaking about that, my Blue Jays from last year's predictions <laughs> go out and sign George Springer, which is a massive get and a massive sign. 
Now, with that bad Glare Jr. and everybody else on that team, that's a lot of power coming out of Toronto. And I'm curious to see what happens with Toronto this year because they did a lot. They added some more pitching. They added some more bats. This team is primed to go win that division this year. I'm excited. Chris, what do you think about George Springer going to Toronto? No. <laughs> I I want to say George Springer is the most overrated player I've ever seen. He's only been in the playoffs and you have to get to the playoffs before you even see how good George Springer is. Now, he's overrated in the regular season, but in the postseason, he might be the best player I've ever seen since Reggie Jackson. And I've never gotten to Reggie Jackson. David Ortiz, actually. David Ortiz. But he's not... But Reggie Jackson could play left field and, you know, play center, but... This is a good move for the Blue If I don't, you know, trying to compete with... Well, I'm not going to say it. They're trying to compete. They already did compete with the Yankees and, you know, the Red Sox are miserable, but... This is a great move. No, the Braves were reportedly all in on Springer, and then uh, the Toronto just made it to the point where the Braves couldn't afford it or didn't want to afford this, the, the contract. They didn't want the years. The Toronto went more on the years than the Braves wanted to go. No, and, honestly, that's a smaller move. Oh, very much so. They do. And the big one is Freddie Freeman. We were talking about it last night. He's a lot younger yeah, than we. Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he has two years left on his contract. But, yeah, George Springer to Toronto. This is a smart move. Like I said, that makes that roster, that lineup very scary. You want to say he's a little overrated. I don't know if I can go that far because I'm, I'm looking at his. In the I understand that. I'm looking at his regular season stats. He In his seven years, he has 174 home runs. He has 458 RBI. He has 832 hits. And his batting average is a 270. I mean, and his on-base percentage is 361. I mean, that's not, that's pretty legit. His slugging is 491. I mean, not bad. It, it's not as good as you – I mean, obviously it's not great, but he's a pretty solid player. And with that lineup, he could be amazing. He could definitely no, – and. And they're feeling that the goals to get their postseason, not yeah, yeah, very much so. And speaking of George Springer in Toronto, there was a hot second there that we all thought Toronto also signed Michael Brantley, but Michael Brantley Ooh. went back to Houston on a deal, and I, I was another guy that I was hoping for the Braves to bring in because Freddie Freeman plays a billion times better with that power bat behind him his protection who wouldn't when you have a power bat look at the last couple of years when freddie freeman's had a big bat behind him protecting him no it's like any player this is the problem with analytics they don't believe in the end line of protection yeah but michael brantley i forget what his new contract was like four million something like that it was Two years, thirty-two million. Oh, well. 
You're close. Yeah, that's a great deal. I'm still unsure about that, so we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, they we were low on them last year, but they made it pretty far still. But they are losing some key pieces, but they still have the pitching staff down there in uh, Houston. So I'm sort of very much so true. But, I mean, Brantley's 33. I didn't think he was that old. Yeah, I thought was younger than that. But I guess it's been, and he will, a lot of the canoes and Cleveland. And he will be 34 when the season begins. So this is probably his last contract because he's going to be 38, yeah, wow. 36. He's, yeah. He's a lot older than I thought. Yeah. But, I mean, and we want to talk about home runs. In 12 years, Brantley only has 114 home runs. Yeah, but played in, <laughs> in Cleveland. Not really a home run. No, his best season in Cleveland home runs was 20, and that was in 2014. In 2019, he hit 22. So he's not, he's not, yeah. So going, moving on to buy, sell here, there, Chris. And I'm going to go ahead and throw the top ones at you that I was thinking at before we go into the ones you were talking about. And the first one I had, and of course I've moved away from it. Can you name, is Philip Rivers a first time ballot Hall of Famer or a Hall of Fame quarterback? So I'm not buying that he put those ballot hall things. I'm not buying I'm not buying that he put those ballot hall things. You know, I, I, for my fandom, if it was me, he put those ballot hall things no matter what. But I'm not the question and you know if it's a person that's gotta look at Nan Fouts. Nan Fouts Okay. So, will he get in? Is he the Hall of Famer? Yes. The, the, the problem here is, people want to look at the Super Bowl wins. And then to look at Eli Manning, who, by the way, is not a Hall of Famer. I don't I care agree. what anybody said. I completely agree. But he's going to get in because A, he played for New York, and B, he won two Super Bowls. I'll be it two rotten gloves. And his defense was played. And his defense was good. It only Philip had, had one lucky hit. Yeah. <laughs> so, speak of that, you named one of the five. In the Super Bowl era, only five quarterbacks have been enshrined to the NFL Hall of Fame without winning a championship. Can you name the five? You named one already. Uh, uh one now. One. Oh. You yeah, and you named one already, and you didn't name him to start off. I named out. There right. you go. There's two. Well, that was a countdown. Damn, oh, okay. I, I want. I want. All, I want them um, Okay. Um. I'll uh, give I'll give no. you a I'll give you a hint. He's played in four Super Bowls and never won one. Oh hell no. The other two you probably would never guess. Warren Moon and Oh Fran- shit. <laughs> yeah. And Fran Tarkington. That's right, Fran Tarkington. No. Mar- Marino lost one, Tarkington lost three, Kelly lost four. Yep. Four in a row. Moon for Kelly. Went. 
Yeah, and Moon, yeah, no, Moon never went. So is Philip? Honestly, how long did it take the Moon to get in? You know, I would have to look at that. I just had that. That that was that was the. I would say that was the pairing that I would. No, no, I think that Alex is more like Philip Rivers, and that's But. He what he actually uh Warren Moon's last year was in 2000 with the Kansas City Chiefs and Warren Moon was inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame. What happened to it? I was just staring at it. I literally was just staring at it wow. and it disappeared off. Yeah, no kidding. He was enshrined in 2006. So literally one year after his 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 eligibility, he got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. One year that okay. might not get in first, but well, who else is in this year? Well, we who know Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying who's in the no one who's retired this year. So that means something eligible in 2025. Right? No, oh no, dude, it's yeah, because yeah, he's no, he's retiring in twenty. He's retiring of the twenty twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So who's going to in that class, right? Yeah, he, he that's his first eligibility. Yeah. So who's going to Drew Brees. Drew Brees will knock him out. Yeah. I, I don't think. I don't think he would have and to. And then Williams will have to wait. Yeah. Well, we don't. Well, the next year after that's Big Ben, and I would say Big Ben knocks out Drew Brees. Oh, Philip Rivers. Philip, yeah, sorry, Philip Rivers. No, man. Yeah, you're right. So, and then then you're looking at Aaron Rodgers' realm of retirement. I mean, this is could be for, yeah, yeah. So Philip Rivers could be retiring probably at the worst time possible because of the quarterbacks that right. could push him back. But now speaking of that. And speaking of how fast it took, as we mentioned earlier, for Brett Favre and Peyton Manning to get into the Hall of Fame, buy or sell, should a player of those calibers have to wait five years? Buy or sell, waiting five years for the induct a player of Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Brett Favre into the Hall of Fame? We're talking about elite players here. We're talking about no brainers. Yes. I think these players in the moment they retire. I'm not even kidding. The moment that, you know, Tom Brady retires, we got to give him a little flat. We couldn't wait, wait for Tom Brady to get in. Exactly. Uh, honestly, Tom Brady's the note of Super Bowl. We know he's getting in. Yes. Exactly. Did you hear this stat? Tom Brady has played 21 NFL seasons. In those 21 NFL seasons, Tom Brady has been in, in 10 Super Bowls. His percentage chance of making a Super Bowl is 44%. Steph Curry <laughs> shooting from the three is 43%. So it's more likely that Tom Brady will make the Super Bowl than Steph Curry making a three. <laughs> it is, but it's just one of those stats you're like, holy shit. Also, also, Tom Brady's been in more Super Bowls than Philip Rivers has been. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying a lot, people. A lot. Philip Rivers has nine kids, Tom Brady's been in now ten. Yeah. So, 
we're we're both buying we're both buying that a player of these calibers should just be inducted. Have the yellow jacket sitting right there. It is stupid and outdated to make these players wait five years to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I think it's a, it's a fun player in the league. Yeah, but if but it's a legend, if it's an NFL legend, why make him wait? I mean, yeah, then you're opening that gate. Well, what's an NFL legend? We know. Uh, it took no legend. Took 13 seconds for fucking Peyton Manning, and it took less than 10 for fucking Tom, uh, Brett Favre. And I It'll guarantee you, Tom, Tom Brady. It would take. It won't even take that. It's just like Tom Brady. Yes. Okay. I mean, there's no argument. So, so that was my two off the top buy sells for you. Let's move on to our next buy sell. Is the MLB dying? Is baseball dying, Chris? Am I buying? I'm buying this. And I'm buying. I'm buying it all the way here. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. A lot of and it's killing me. It's killing it. We, we thought I thought that there's no possible way that a lot of Memphis do any worse than Bud Stewart. But a lot of done worse than Bud Stewart. Somehow the game is much harder to watch than when I grew up. And, and we live in the type of environment where the younger generation, maybe not my generation, new generation, doesn't want to sit for 20 hours to watch one point come on the board. <laughs> like, yeah. they want to see home runs. That, everyone can't do a home run, that's no thing. And I'm not saying when they make the part smaller or something. I'm just saying when you see the short in the game, Somehow, to fix this problem. Yeah, it's really not much to do. I mean, no, baseball no. just an intellectual sport. That's just how it is. That's how it's always going to be. And the only thing you could possibly use is the umpires to put it together and get you fucking bad as it is. Goddamn, box taking too much time. Yes. So this is an interesting thing. I was look. I'm looking at a New York Times article. Is baseball dying? Ninety-one percent of people have learned have have heard of LeBron James. Eighty-eight percent of people have heard of Tom Brady, but only forty-three percent have heard the name of Mike Trout, baseball's best player. Baseball's dying. Baseball's dying. And another stat. It's well documented that the attendance of Major League Baseball games have been declining over since 2012. About 68 million fans attended Major League Baseball games during the 2019 regular season, down from the peak of the nearly 80 million in 2007. So, the baseball's dying. The number of generation here is not a fan of this sport. No, and there, I there was an amazing statistic I saw a year back or something talking about the age gap in baseball. Like right. the most watched fans are, you know, two generations above us. You know, we're talking about 50, 60, maybe yeah, all the, 70, all the yeah. Watching it still. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, it, it not enough young people are watching the game. I love baseball, I don't know how you fix baseball. You know what? You know what? I'm going to interject here. You know what? It's, it's baseball. Players like 
the men of Hawkins Jr. and and Wallace Jr. and they're thankfully and and they understand how to fix the problem they want. So yes, I agree. And I'm gonna say something else. I do know how to fix baseball. Get rid of all these old baseball writers and get rid of all these unwritten rules. Get rid of all this crap that that ruins baseball. All these things that well, this is how baseball's done all the way and all the time, and we can't change it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you you know, you all like when uh, Kuna or some of these players, Tatis, all these young players are out there trying to play and have fun. All these old heads are like, that's not how you play the game of baseball. You got to be a classy man. That's what's killing baseball. You want people. Yeah. A lot. That needs to be what changes to save baseball. And Madford, as you said, is an issue. It's time for him to be. Gone as the commissioner of. You know who needs to be a commissioner? Who's that? You know what? Mm, I don't mind that. That's the red fox. That's baseball. <laughs> Fair enough. That, that, that does speak a lot. So let me ask you Do you believe the MLB owners are colluding to not sign baseball players? No doubt in my mind, do I believe that? When you see guys like Mike Scott and Snow unsigned two years in a row and get one year deals, finally last year and got a three year contract that won't fail the rest. But for two years running, the best power hitting first baseman in the game was only getting one year contract. How does that happen? Because these owners do not want to buy players because they don't want to spend money and these players are making too much money. Yeah, they're they're paying their top talent. But what you know what else is killing baseball that we need to talk about? MLB free agency. MLB free agency, but MLB MLB price tags. Paying these players a ten year, forty million, Fifty million dollar, you know, half a million dollar contract is ridiculous. Yes, it just happened for the first time in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. That's and it's going to probably happen a little bit more in ML in NFL. But these contracts, but the NFL has a salary cap. The NFL has a salary cap, and baseball does not. And that, and you know what the problem is? It's unfair. Yes, any team at any time. Look at Tampa Bay's uh, salary cap versus the Los Angeles dollar salary cap. They right, want, right. you know. But it's still unfair when the Dodgers and the Yankees can afford this cap and this tax and have unlimited amount of power players. And then you got teams. Then You know, it's the sad part. Tampa Bay is now a complete rebuild. They lost everybody because they can't afford to pay them. Yeah, because no teams do not do the luxury tax. No. Yes, the Yankees have set the news that they're not in the they're trying to stay under the luxury tax and they're not going to, you know, spend too much money. But if the Yankees wanted to, they can spend all the money they wanted and not lose a dime. Yep. The Padres, you know, I hit in my team. You know, they have been five years. And then that's it. Yeah. And then the Blades, you know, the Blades, you know, the Blades. 
and they we run, they run the south. And luck, luckily, we got lucky. Okuna signed a massively friendly deal for year eight years to stay with the Braves. That's what I'm hoping for with Patton. Albert or Ozzy Albies is his best friend is Acuna. He took a massive cheap deal that people were pissed off that he took that deal. It was ridiculously cheap. And people are pissed off because he took that deal. And you know what? That's that's what's gonna save baseball where these guys don't worry about the price tag. They worry about playing. And that's the other thing. Baseball is the biggest babies in sports. We can admit to that. Yeah. I don't uh, uh, no. Oh, MLB, NBA, NBA, NBA. Yeah, but the Braves signed Albi all Albi or Ozzy Albies to a seven year deal worth thirty five million dollars. Well, it sounds like a lot, but it's really not. No, not for baseball. And that's my point. Everybody was pissed he took that contract. It could be a make-up to 45, but still, that is a Yeah, and Ozzy is an amazing player. He's an amazing defender. He's a great hit batter. But he wanted to stay in the Braves because he considers his home, and he considers, you know, Acuna's his best friend. That stuff like that makes me happy to see, you know, and it makes me happy that it's my my team that got that. But, but uh, um, uh, winning the championship over the contract. Yes. And the Braves, with those friendly de- team deals, can and with all of our pitching, young pitching, this is our time to go win a, a title. They don't, they don't want yeah, they Yeah, they did. Uh, but let's not talk about what Brian Snitter could do to us. But let's go ahead and move on to the championship weekend for football. We have the 305 game, the Green Bay Packers versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC championship game. All I have to say is Kevin King, go away. Kevin King legitimately lost his game single-handedly for us with multiple plays with multiple touchdowns. It was painful to watch. And Mike Petson needs to be fired. How Mike Petson is still the defensive coordinator is beyond me. Because Mike Petson, all year long, Matt LaFleur complained and complained and told Mike Petson, stop with the soft coverage. Stop with the soft coverage on third down and shorts and get press coverage, do this. And Mike Petson refused to listen and kept doing what he wanted to do from his head coach. If you're not going to listen to your head coach, you do not need to be in the building. Saying that, Aaron Rodgers played well. He could have played better. On the third down, he should have ran for it instead of trying to force feed Devontae Adams, who was double covered. He says that he did that because he believed that the Packers were going to go for it on fourth down. That's still, that still, my other issue is Matt LaFleur, how will you not advise or talk to your quarterback on what you think you should do in that situation. If he believes he can get it, if you believe that he believes that there's a play they can do, you talk to your head, your Hall of Fame MVP quarterback. You don't make that decision without some of his knowledge. My other frustration with Matt LaFleur is that this is back-to-back years he's got to test the NFC Championship game, and this is back-to-back years he's got blown out by better coaching. 
And he comes back and says, we have to learn. We got, we got away from what we do. These are the exact same things he said last year. I don't mind that he, it's good that he admits his faults and he realizes it, but it's a problem when he does it back to back times. If you don't learn from your mistakes, that's an issue. And he made the exact same comments and back-to-back losing NFC Championship games. That's scary. Tom Brady did not beat the Packers. The Packers beat Tom Brady, and the Packers beat themselves. Yes, and the best team did not win. I don't care that the best team did win because the team won. No, the Packers beat themselves in that game. Kevin King, my biggest thing, and I know Chris is going to bring it up, is the pass interference that gave the – Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the final first down to be able to run out the clock. You were calling, you're allowing them on both teams to play that all night long. Horrible plays. Or holding left and right, no penalties, you ignored them. But then when it mattered the most and Tom Brady had the chance to win the game, you finally threw the flag that should have been thrown multiple times. And speaking of one time, it was when Alan Lazard was shoulder tugged back and then the corner jumped him and intercepted the ball that led to the Scotty Miller touchdown at the end of the second half that made a seven point swing. If that does not happen, there's a good chance the Packers win that game. My problem is call the game fair. The Packers beat themselves. That was not the only reason the Packers lost, but it's just frustrating. That's how it ended. Chris, what do you have on the NFC championship? All I want is consistency. Yes. That's all everybody wants is consistency and accountability. The referees were not calling holding. They were not calling national interference. They were not calling illegal contact. All day. But, incident holding that when Tom Brady has the ball at the end, they throw a flag. This is Tom Brady's career. I don't know what this lit. I'm not going to get into that. But for some reason, Tom Brady gets all the calls in every championship game. He does. Almost every championship game, the Patriots get all the calls. Now Tom Brady, not the Patriots, get all the calls. Yes. They get in the football game, they done it before. It's mind-boggling. Moving on to the Packers. I can feel I can hear Dennis Green's press conference right now in my head. They are who they thought they were. They are who we thought they were. The Packers are who they thought they were. Um, what, Kevin Kings, didn't I say this? I feel like I'm repeating myself. Kevin Kings was bummed. That's all I'm going to say about Kevin Kings. Um, how? You not run for it on third, on third down. <laughs> yeah. How do you, how do you, uh, Tom, uh, Tom, God, I said Tom Brady. 
Aaron Rodgers has been horrific. This is what Aaron Rodgers does. He's been having a lot doing the belt strap thing. He even did it like that. I'll need it last when he did it from like four years out. But at least if he scrambles and he gets short. You're making a shorter opportunity. It gives Matt with four or more of a reason to be like, oh, hey, four and three. No boy. Yeah. Now moving to Matt with four. I don't hear Rogers down there or not. Not Aaron Rogers. No boy. Yeah. You have to go for it. You can't, you can't complain the analytics game of it. Oh, we can feel all we can stop this. Ooh, 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 ooh. Analytics does not pay attention to the fact that there's Tom Brady on the other side. David Bakker, losing David Bakarati hurt this game. It, 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 it really it, did. Billy Turner plays played really played really well every other game, but JPP had his number on that left side all game, and I don't know who the other pass rusher on the right side. Bar left tackle and right tackle. Thank you, Zach. They completely and utterly destroyed our tackles this game. We our tackles were getting demolished, and that affected Aaron Rodgers a lot because he did not have the time he normally has, and that most quarterbacks don't get. But it definitely was a major factor in this game that he did not have the time. And to get the quarterback out, but what was very frustrating on one of those red zones where he kept for like we got away from our offense in the red zone. Devontae Adams more than anybody. Yeah, he just but kept. I did it. I did it. But I, I get it too. But there was a time where he force fed it to the back of the end zone where Devontae caught it, but was out of bounds. All he had to do was literally pitch it. Right to Alan Lazard, who had no defenders 10 yards from him, wide open, slant in the middle of the end zone. But he wanted to force feed it to Devontae. They have this obsession of force feeding it and focusing on Devontae Adams in the red zone. He deserves it. He's one of the, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL, arguably. But Alan Lazard was wide the hell open on that play. But Aaron Rodgers was too focused on getting the ball to Devontae Adams. Devont, Aaron Rodgers made multiple stakes. But going back really fast to the Kevin King uh, holding, which was the right call. It was correct. He did. But you did not call it throughout the rest of the game. That was not the time to call it. That is my problem with it. It was the right call, but it was not the right time to do it. But on that same play, Rashawn Gary was getting held like a mugger from uh, Tristan Wirfs, and they did not call that. That is the other problem with that play. I even called it out when it was happening. I'm like, hold, 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 hold. But they throw the flag. And then what the other problem was is that they threw the flag so late in that game on that play. It was literally the play was over, waiting, waiting, five seconds later, waiting, 10 Okay, now we're going to throw the flag. Oh, wait, it's it's Tom Brady. We got to give the penalty to Tom Brady to, to close this game out. We can't give Aaron Rodgers another chance for a Hail Mary. Well... Here's another thing about don't really want to down. When, when so you talking about how you hit it and all the analytics, yeah, right? Think about this. Don't want to put down. Okay, let's say Aaron Rodgers had ran for it, right? And he was short. But he was short at three yards, right? Yeah. The Patriots, they run, I think the Patriots were in. But the Patriots, don't want to put down. They're short. They don't get it. 
Yeah, that that is the massive problem. I completely agree. What? What? This is what. This is what I'm. Uh, this is why. You know, I I have a problem with not knowing for it when it ends on the line. Uh, it's another thing doing the closer, but it ends on the line that the supposed do. But, yeah, and you're not known for it. There was there was a lot of questions. That was definitely. A I got another. I got a question for you. Is this the last game we see? I last night would have said no way this today I say there's a possibility the reason why is Adam Scheffler came out today talking about this talking about we own his rights for the next three years we have him under contract if he retired and says he doesn't want to play for us we have to trade him we don't have to trade him he can retire and he he's under contract for the next three years so we don't he can force that game. Him saying that I'm a I'm I am a I'm an owner person. I am not a player person. It's a the league is owned by owners. They're the ones who have all the risk. They're the ones who put the money into the system. Blah blah blah. Yes, the players are the ones who bring the fans in. But I am an owner. I will always be on the owner sides. Most of the time, there is times where the owners are wrong. Don't get me wrong. I hate what Deshaun Watson's doing, and I if Aaron Rodgers does it or does it does it. Jesus, uh, if does the, I'm going to be very upset and heartbreaking. There's no way we can let it happen again. We cannot go back to back Hall of Fame quarterbacks and let them leave the team like this. But the there's two massive differences when you say that. Brett Favre retired from the game. He said he was done. He did right. it after the season, before the combine, before free agency, and before the draft. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we said, okay, we go and we after go draft Brian. Yeah. Yes, after he lost the And so we go and draft Brian Brom in the second round. We go draft Matt Flynn in the seventh round. So we go – have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, this is your team. Congratulations. We're handing it over. We got you your backup quarterback. We got we drafted two quarterbacks, so we got your backup for you. Fantastic. We're going to move on. Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, wait a second. You guys have completely moved on from me. I'm not done yet. I want to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And we're like, sorry, we have moved on from the Aaron. We, and so people know this. I don't know how many people know this, and I don't know if you know this. We literally, that whole time before the draft, after the draft, everything we went to Ted Thompson and I can't remember uh, Ron. Maybe this would have been Wolf. I can't remember. Went to Ted Tom- or uh, to Brett Favre's house in Mississippi and sat down with him and said multiple times, "We want you back one more year. We believe we can win one one more time with you. Come back one more year." Aaron Rodgers, no, 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 no. One more time, we go there and he's like, "Okay, I'm coming back for one more year. Give me the contract." Hand a paper. No, I'm retiring. I'm retired. I'm not coming back. Okay. That's it. We tried. We're moving on. Aaron, you're our starting quarterback. Here's your backups. Let's move on. Now Brett Favre's like, hold up a minute. I'm ready. I want to come back, and I want to be the starter. 
dude, we, you retired. We moved on. We try to bring you back. You said, no, you're retired. So we're like, we're done. You can come back, but you're not the starter. He didn't like that. So we did, we traded him to the New York Jets. So this is a whole different scenario from Aaron Brett Favre. Uh, did you know that about? Way, I saw Brett play from New York Jets. Oh wow! I'm sorry. So, I Matt Lafleur says he wants him back. Matt Lafleur says he's the heart and soul and the leader of the team, which is all completely true. I think Brian Gutekunst. Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur will speak to Aaron Rodgers, give him his time, and they will bring him back. They have to listen to what Matt Matt know, or Aaron knows the contract situation this year. We all do. And that's why he talked about the contracts and the uncertain of the future of the team because we have so many free agents and they, we're predicted negative 23, 25 million in the hole. So we have to make a lot of moves to get in the positive. That's why what matters with the free agency this year and that's why we're going to lose probably Aaron Jones, Chris Lee, you know, Corey Lindsay. So there's a lot of pieces that we're going to lose. That So there's a lot of going on. But I think the Packers know that they can't have two bad breakups with the back-to-back quarterbacks. And I think they'll do everything they can this year and next year to keep him. So I'm Here's right now 70-30. He's a Packer. That's it. Go ahead. 70-30. Yes. I didn't think he would come back. But he's not dumb. He seems, he saw this loss yesterday as the, I may never get that to this again scenario. And the Pat, to be honest, with the Packers being in Pat Hell, per se, they might not get that. Unless they did that really well. They might not even get that. And it's a shame that Aaron Rodgers will only have played in one Super Bowl. At least Brett Favre got to play in two. And honestly, they had a chance to win that that Denver Rodgers Super Bowl. And, yeah. No. But Aaron Rodgers has been to the NFC Championship five times, and he's only won one. So he's got there. I mean, yes, there's time. He, we should have won the Seattle. He should have been in two Super Bowls. Brandon Bostick still to this day. Brandon Bostick. Um, that's the big thing there, but he, we never had a chance against the Atlanta Falcons. We got completely destroyed. We never had a chance against the 49ers. We got completely destroyed. This is the one time since the other ones I thought we had a chance, and we should have. We beat ourselves. Yeah, you did have a So... I am only rooting for Tampa Bay to win the Super Bowl. If that means Tom Brady finally hangs up those damn cleats and retires. And so we can just talk about somebody else. But if that's the only way I root for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Moving on to the AFC Championship game. We got the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It was a slow burner at the start. You know, Kansas or Buffalo came out semi-hot. It was settled for four, you know, three field goals. It was a 9-0 game. And Kansas City did what they did to Houston years back or a couple years back and just said, time to turn on this offense and we're going to go put up 24 points. And then it's a 24-9 game. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill is completely unfair. 
Uh, Kansas City losing Eric Fisher is a massive loss, definitely after what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did to the Packers offensive line to their left and right tackle. That's going to hurt a lot. But I'm curious to see how that happens and plays out in the Super Bowl. But can we just say that this is the most boring Super Bowl? Can we have not got a Green Bay Buffalo Super Bowl or Green Bay Kansas City, you know, Super Bowl one Super Bowl? Like, who cares about this Super Bowl? Let's go, Kansas City. My thing, and the one thing I really want to talk about this game, and it really pisses me off, and I talked about it to you last night. It was I know it's third, I know it's third quarter. But when Sean McDermott decided to kick another field goal to make it I like 12. I like yeah. Yeah. I mean, he literally like this is the problem with that play. You're worried, you're worried about points. That's what you're worried about. You just want to put points on the board. First, it's fourth and three. You can still get a first down. First down and inside the five-yard line. But, no, you decided to kick a field goal. Okay, you kick the field goal. Does that put you in one possession? No, you're still down by nine points. You're still down by two possessions. That made no sense. That was a horse crap call by Sean McDermott. Dude, you could get a first down. You could get a first down. So you don't have to worry about going for the touchdown. You can go and get the first down, then get three or four more opportunities to put in the end zone. That was such a horrible call. If it puts you at least within one possession, okay, it makes a little bit of sense. But you are still down by nine points, which is two possessions. It was a stupid call. I mean, we just talked about Matt LaFleur not going for it on fourth and eleven, you know, fourth and seven. That these are both boneheaded calls by both head coaches. Both great head coaches, but they definitely boneheaded calls. I mean, that's all. That's my biggest takeaway from the AFC Championship game. And there probably should be better. Tyreek and Cap, Travis going off and killing it. My biggest and one other takeaway before I hand it off to you, Chris, is did you see that Stephon Diggs stayed out and watched the cel- uh, celebration for the Kansas City Chiefs? And I understand why. I. Yes, it does. Yeah, this is that. My uh, one more takeaway, you know, I know I'm keep adding takeaways, but I just remember how much crap were you pissed off at Josh Town for throwing that football and the de- defenders of the Chiefs at the end of that game? Did you see that play when he got I sacked and then that then? Oh, he, he literally got sacked, and so it, it was that whole scruffle at the end of the like fourth quarter, near the end of the fourth quarter, where he rushed around, and got sacked for like 15 yards. And then when he was sacked, the guy was getting up, and Josh Allen turns around, laying on the ground, and flicks the ball in the head of the defender, which it didn't get. It did get called as a you know unnecessary play. But then what happens was because of that, the defender was pissed off. So the defender gets over and stands over Josh oh, Allen, God. and then then an offensive lineman comes, smacks him, puts him on the ground, and then while he's still on another down, another offensive lineman comes and shoves him down back on the ground, and it causes this whole thing. Three penalties 
three penalties on uh, the Buffalo Bills, one on Kansas City, offsetting penalties. Oh, that makes no sense. It makes no sense. You know what? I'm not going to play five pounds. You know why? It's frustrating. It's frustrating. You're losing the biggest moment in your career to this point. It's not. I do not fault that down. Was it a good move? No. But I don't fault that down for doing that. Yeah, that that made no sense. It really did it. Even that, like, I th- oh god, I think it was uh Pereira. He was like, "What?" Like everybody's like, "That makes no sense." Like, how do you? That that must have been like what? That must have been like what? So awful, awful, awful call. I mean, I I, I hate that Buffalo lost, but. I think we're we're looking at a new dynasty. Can you argue me that Kansas City is I mean it's the new dynasty if versus the old dynasty? They win the Super Bowl. They are I mean come on. If they win the Super Bowl, they eat the bill for one. Number two, and no stop. Like maybe they won't win next year. But they get on to that the next year after that and win. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the, the new dynasty. Problem. It's the old, yeah, old dynasty versus new dynasty. Or, you know, it's, I know it's not goat, Yeah, the old goat versus the new goat, or the old goat dynasty, New England quarterback Tom Brady versus the new dynasty, Kansas City. Because Kansas City has most of their players locked up for the next couple of years. Yeah, that's why I'm saying. Like, they did not win next year. I'm not saying, I, I don't know what the schedule was or anything, but. No, that just won the gauntlet again. Yeah. So, do you have any other? Do you have any takeaways or thoughts on this game? First of all, this game is boring. Yeah. Patrick Hill and Patrick Elfie are giving the two the Pete Hills and Pete Fred last night. Patrick Hill and Pete Hills. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is successful at that, and we just didn't notice. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Some doing it. What are you doing? For the money and hit the field goal, you have no nuts. You have no nuts at all. I need to check the ball set if you have no balls. Come on. <laughs> how, how does, uh, first of all, how does it help, um, the wizard boat Ron and not think, oh, Ron Rivera would go for it. Do we have any doubt that Ron Rivera would have went for it? On Ron Rivera, yeah, no, no, Ron Riverboat definitely goes for it. But there's also a reason why Riverboat doesn't have a great record. Well, well, hey, I don't care. It's the playoffs. You have to go for it. Yeah. They're both young coaches. Hopefully what? they learn. That's my that's the biggest. Hopefully they learn. I, okay. I don't know about that before. Yeah, because it's back to back years he hasn't done it. Well, last year. I'm not saying that, you know, they're not going to win. 
but they're, they're Redmen. Yes, they are. Well, that's the, all we have for this week's uh, podcast. In your opinion? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I completely, yeah, I'm sorry. I completely forgot about that. Let's try to chop this part out. All right. In your opinion, what do you got there, Chris? All right. In my opinion, the important thing in the playoff run is luck. Yeah. about the the New York Times the 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 Bounce out of a million St. Brown's hands. Football bounced a certain way for Devontae Adams yesterday. If you catch that touchdown, it's a different game. It doesn't look like a team this week. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to watch that. The let them don't throw that flag. It, 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 so much of what is involved in in playoff runs is unreal. Yeah, it, I mean, you do. I mean, it's the New York Giants those two years, Tampa Bay this year. Tampa Bay be able to play the Washington Redskins or yeah, Redskins, Washington football team, whatever, in the first round of the playoffs. Luck. <laughs> Playing a broken down, bruised Drew Brees, luck. The Green Bay Packers wasting opportunities and the refs being on their sides, luck. So let's hope. My, all right. In my opinion, the NFL wanted this. The NFL wanted Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. The NFL wanted the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl for the story they causes because. They're the first team ever to host the Super Bowl. That Tom Brady left Bill Belichick in New England. You know, they like they they did this. You can't convince me otherwise that the NFL did not want this to happen. They they wanted the publicity. They wanted the talk shows. They wanted it to be talked about. They knew it. They, they need need it. Have all the have all the revenue that is lost and Yes, completely agree. So that, in my opinion, the NFL, I don't, behind the doors, orchestrated a lot of stuff for this to happen. I mean, obviously other things had to happen for it to happen, but could you not ask for that road for Tampa Bay to be easier? And the refs, when when it was the hardest time they had the refs, you know, call the, again, this is not the worst call in the NFC Championship game. It's the wor- It's the least worst out of all the ones in the last couple of years. Hands down. There's no arguing there. The Drew Brees uh, pass. Pass it. Yeah. Yeah. That is 10 times worse. But it's every game that it gets talked about. And it's getting old. So in my opinion, 
this it was like that second where the refs weren't going to call it then they remembered oh shit we need to call this because this is what they want whoops here's the flag even though there there was a penalty on the offense but we're not going to call that chris do you have anything else same here thank you for listening to the all-time misfit podcast for yours truly this is little b at brunelli sports and don't forget to find us on Twitter at the All Time Misfit Podcast, Facebook at All Time Misfit Podcast as well. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the All Time Misfit Podcast.